This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. In today's program, we're going to take a little adventure back in time to Jerusalem, just after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, to visit with one of his disciples. Please join us for our message, I've Got a Whole New Outlook. Christ is risen. Jesus is Lord. Those are powerful announcements, aren't they? So what does that mean for my life? I invite you to stay with me today and find out. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus, on this celebration of Christ's ascension, By your Spirit's power, open our minds to see the implications of the resurrection and ascension of Jesus for our lives. In his name we ask this. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 44. Then Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. 
Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I'm sending upon you what my father promised, so stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were constantly in the temple, blessing God. My Jesus, I love Thee, I know Thou art mine. For Thee, O the fires of sin, I resign. My Savior art thou If ever I love thee My Jesus tis now I love thee because thou hast first Dear friends, the temple area in Jerusalem was abuzz. People were talking, asking questions about those disciples of Jesus. They were saying things like, they're different now without their master around. 
They don't even seem like the same men from a few days ago when they came to the temple with Jesus. As you read from the beginning of Luke chapter 24 all the way to the end of it, you can't help but notice that there is a change happening in the disciples of Jesus. They move from confusion, sorrow, and unbelief in the opening verses to great joy and faith, actually worshiping and praising God in the Jerusalem temple by the end of the chapter. The people who knew them or knew of them had to have been scratching their heads, wondering what in the world is going on with these guys? What's come over them? After all, they've just gone through a horrific week watching the leader that they trusted crucified like a common criminal. Yet, here they are praising God and so, so, so joyful. What's behind those smiles, the praise and the confidence that they exude? I would like to invite you today to use your imagination with me a little bit. Let's say... There was a newspaper in that day called the Jerusalem Post. And they hear of this odd, fascinating behavior of those disciples of the crucified Jesus and that had people talking. So, of course, being a good newspaper, it sounded like a great human interest story. So they sent a reporter down to interview one of the disciples down around the temple area. Let's say the reporter stops James, the brother of John. He asks him, what gives here, James, your leader, Jesus, has been crucified. Why aren't you going back home to your place in Galilee, back to your fishing business? Why stay in Jerusalem? And why are you acting so happy and worshiping in the temple every day among the same people who actually called for the blood of Jesus? Tell me, James, the public wants to know. And the reporter waits for James to respond. And this is what I would imagine James would say. Well, we've been given a whole new outlook from Jesus himself. You see, Jesus is alive. I know you think he's dead, but we've seen him with our own eyes. We've even eaten with him. He appeared to us more than once or twice. So I'm here to tell you, Jesus was very dead, but is now very much alive. And we're praising God for that. Because he told us that anyone who trusts in him receives the gift of forgiveness and everlasting life. Earlier on, he said, because I live, you shall live also. And and God has confirmed that for us by raising him from the dead. So as a follower of Jesus Christ, friend, I'm heaven bound. Of course, that makes me happy. And besides that, the risen Jesus has explained everything to us now. He, he led us through an in-depth Bible study that was a real mind-opener that changed our perspective on all that happened. He said to us, These are my words I spoke to you earlier, that everything written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened our minds to understand the whole of Scripture saying, Thus it's written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And Jesus helped us to understand that all of what's happened is a part of God's plan. Even the cross was no accident, and neither was the resurrection. 
You see, must is the key word here. Jesus used a lot. All that happened to him must happen because it's part of God's plan. Earlier on, he told us three times, I must go and suffer and die and on the third day rise. He kept saying, I must do this and I must do that. And we didn't understand then what he was talking about. But now, <laughs> now we know he, he was carrying out his heavenly father's plan. He filled us in on how the whole Old Testament points to him. He's the fulfillment of God's promises for the world, his rescue plans. He took us back to Genesis where God told Abraham, I will bless you and your descendants to be a blessing to all the families of this broken world. And Jesus said, that's been fulfilled in me. He led us through Isaiah chapter 53, the, the suffering servant who dies for the sins of sinners. He fulfilled that too. He told us of how in his resurrection, he fulfilled Psalm 16 that describes one who is not overcome by the power of death. In fact, he actually ran us all the way through the Old Testament, telling us that we could find him in every book. He said, in Genesis, I'm the seed that crushes the serpent's head, the promised blessing to the families of the earth. In Exodus, I'm the lamb who saves his people from destruction. In Leviticus, I'm the scapegoat that takes on the sins of the people. In Numbers, I'm the bronze serpent on the pole that healed the snake-bitten Hebrew people. In Deuteronomy, I'm the spokesman, the prophet raised by God to be listened to. In the Psalms, I am the cornerstone. In Isaiah, I'm the suffering servant whose wounds it healed. In Jeremiah, I'm the righteous branch that saves. In Joel, I'm the Savior. In Amos, the bringer of abundance. In Jonah, the grace of God for all the nations. In Micah, the king born in Bethlehem. In Habakkuk, God's anointed one who brings salvation. In Malachi, the son of righteousness who comes in victory. I know I didn't cover them all, friend, but it's all there in Scripture. Jesus told us it, it all points to Jesus. And we didn't know that before, but now we know that God seems to be in control of this broken world of ours. He wants to restore it to himself. History is his story, and God has his plan, and we're on God's team, and that's another reason why we're praising instead of grieving. All is well. Jesus told us that the next step is that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in Christ's name to all the nations, Repentance and forgiveness, that's our good news. We've all sinned and fallen short. Jesus paid for our sins on the cross and rose again that we might be forgiven. And everyone who turns from their old dead-end ways and turns to Jesus receives forgiveness and a new start and eternal life that goes on forever. And get this, get this, he, he commissioned us, the 11 of us, to get that message out to everyone. He said, you're witnesses of these things. In other words, you're my chosen team. Of course, we couldn't believe our ears. That was really good news to us because with this commission, he seemed to be saying to us that he forgave us, that we're still in with Jesus. We messed up, let him down before, but he still wants us, wants to use us as his witnesses in the world. He, all is forgiven. We're on his team. That alone was such a relief to hear. What an honor and a privilege beside was given. 
That's why we're praising. That's why we're happening. And along with the commission, he also gave us this big promise. He said, I'm sending someone upon you that my father has promised. So you just stay in Jerusalem until you've been clothed with power from on high. We don't have to do this on our own. We know the power is coming our way to help us do our jobs for Jesus. Jesus talked about this Holy Spirit he's going to send us, our helper. And he'll convict and convince people to repent and receive Christ. So we're excited, of course. When he comes, we're going to turn this world upside down. And we'll really be the fishers of people he promised us we would be when he first called us. I'm joyful because he blessed me. After the Bible study, he took us out to a mountaintop outside of town and he lifted up his hands and pronounced his blessing upon us. Kind of like a priest giving a benediction from God that God would bless us and keep us and make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us and give us his peace. And that was an empowering moment for me to receive that blessing from Jesus. We go on this mission he's given us with his blessing. But then then came the grand finale. You probably aren't going to believe me. You're going to find it hard to believe this. But we saw something which brought us to our knees in worship. As Jesus was blessing us, suddenly he was carried up into heaven. He disappeared into a cloud. You know, the cloud has always been a symbol of God's presence. Old Testament, remember how God led his people in a cloud? And I saw that cloud on a mountaintop with Jesus earlier on in his ministry, and God spoke to us from it. Well, God didn't speak this time, but we figure that Jesus was just withdrawing himself from us visibly so that he could somehow still be with us anytime, anywhere till the end of the age. It was a signal there'd be no more visits, visible visits as before, after the resurrection, but He's still there for us in some mysterious way, wherever we are. Available to call upon as we serve him. That's what he's promised us. And so far, you know, I've, I've learned that he keeps his word. I have no reason to doubt that he's with me. Maybe he was talking about the spirit he's sending us. I, I don't know. My little brain can only fathom so many things. But what I do know is this. Jesus is the Son of God. He keeps his word. You can trust him. And he can do anything. And this ascension showed us just how big he really is and how big this whole thing is. He's now Lord of heaven and earth. He's in charge. And by his grace, I'm his. And he's mine forever. And someday, he's going to reappear in power and glory, he says. And all things will be new under his reign. And so that's why we're in the temple every day praising God. Jesus has given us a whole new outlook on the past, the present, and now the future. And in case you're wondering why we're not out there doing our job, yet he told us to wait. Jesus is Lord. So when the boss speaks, we listen and obey. And hey, now that you've heard all of this, why don't you join us in worshiping him? Trust Jesus. 
as your Savior and Lord for forgiveness. You'll be glad you did. Thanks for sticking with me in this Imagine interview with James. The thing is, though the interview is imagined, the truths that he gave the reporter were not. It's a fact. Jesus is alive. He is risen. Jesus has conquered death. Eric Reed tells a funny story about uh, following Easter service in 2003, a woman approached his pastor and asked, so what happened with Jesus after the resurrection? Well, he ascended into heaven and he's still alive, the pastor said. I know he was resurrected, but he's alive, she said. Yeah, he's alive. Alive? Alive? Why didn't you tell me? And for the next two weeks, she telephoned everyone she knew and exclaimed, Jesus is alive. Did you know that he's alive? Well, he is. And no moment of your life will be faced alone when you're trusting in Christ Jesus. And trusting in the risen Christ, you're heaven bound, just like James said. And Jesus is a fulfillment of the Old Testament. He's carried out God's salvation plan from the very beginning. And everything points to Jesus. And trusting in him means eternal life, which begins here and now and goes all the way into eternity. Turning to him in repentance and placing your trust in him means a clean slate with God, the forgiveness of sins, a new start. Jesus is Lord. He's that beautiful Savior and King of kings and Lord of lords that we sing about in our hymns. At his ascension, Jesus has been installed in a position of absolute rule. In the Apostles' Creed, we say he sits at the right hand of the Father. It's a way of saying he's in authority. All men and women in this creation live under his rule. His reign trumps all other thrones and principalities and powers because Jesus is Lord of all. He is the beginning and the end. All authority is his, and he holds us in the palm of his hands. And that is our joy and our confidence as we follow him. The world may look hopeless as you listen to the news. And it may feel like evil is winning over good. But dear friend, nothing could be further from the truth. In the end, God wins. He's in charge. And that is our good news for today. Jesus is alive. The plan's been carried out. He's Lord. All is well. And when the disciples had their minds open to that great truth, They had a new outlook on life. My hope is that today's passage and message has helped to give you a whole new outlook on life. That sorrow and fear and discouragement do not have to be the final word in your life. Jesus is alive and present for you. He's Lord, your Lord. He's powerful and mighty, so trust the good news. Turn to him daily for strength and peace and joy because he's there for you. By the way, notice what those disciples did in response to that resurrection and ascension. They believed and worshipped Jesus. They bowed down, submitted to him, worshipped him as the Son of God. Worship in this case was a posture, not just a bunch of singing which is fine, but they worshiped him. They submitted their lives to him. So can you. 
By the power of the Holy Spirit, you can believe in him and even bow before him and give him honor and praise that he deserves. So can you enter a church and give God blessing and praise for all he has done on a Sunday morning or whatever day of the week you want. They also obeyed his command, didn't they? To stay in Jerusalem and wait for the power from on high. So can you obey his commands to love God above all else and neighbor as self and to love one another as he's loved us? Because if you're in Christ, Christ lives in you and you're powered by his spirit. They said yes to the call, the commission to bring the good news of Jesus to all the nations telling him what he's done for us. So can you. Friends, the goal for today was to give you a new outlook with this good news. He's alive. Jesus is Lord. And I appeal to you. Oh, I appeal to you by the Spirit's power to join James and those other disciples and the millions of other saints in trusting in Jesus Christ and worship and obey him and serve him and live with a whole new victorious outlook on life. Amen. Receive this blessing. Now as you go on your way, may the risen Lord Jesus go with you. May he go before you to show you the way. May he go behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray you have received a new outlook with the news that Jesus is alive and you feel encouraged to obey him and worship him. As a nonprofit ministry, Christian Crusaders is entirely dependent upon the free will gifts of our listening audience. Many people choose to remember a loved one with the memorial gift. These gifts are sometimes given to remember a special person on their birthday or another meaningful occasion. 
If you'd like to make a donation in loving memory of someone, please send it to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. We thank all those who support this ministry with their prayers and gifts. You're invited to check out our beautiful webpage, ChristianCrusaders.org. It features poignant graphics highlighting this week's message along with previous week's messages. Visitors can also learn more about the ministry and send us their prayer concerns. Make a note to visit us online today at ChristianCrusaders.org. If you'd like to contact us, send us a note to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting today's service was the Reverend Steve Kramer, speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.